Welcome to the Purlieu Podcast. I'm Alexis Trammell, and today I have the pleasure of speaking with Courtney Brandt. Courtney is an American expat living in Dubai, and she is the founder and lead contributor of the blog A to Zatar. Her articles seek to share unique culinary and hospitality experiences from the UAE and beyond. She is also an author of 10 published novels. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast and connect with Courtney on Purlieu. Courtney, Thank you so much for joining us from Dubai. Yeah, my pleasure. The power of technology. <laughs> <laughs> Courtney, tell us a little bit about yourself. I'm Courtney, the founder and, and kind of person behind Ada Zathar, which is my primary um, food writing and food review and travel blog. Uh, as you mentioned, I'm also an author. I publish mostly under my name, Courtney Brandt, um, as a young adult author, but some of your um, readers and followers might be more interested in my pen name, Ann Benjamin, uh, where I've published two adult books, and I'm working on books three and four uh, right now. Um, I do some radio and television, and I am also have been really excited to uh, do some speaking engagements, moderating some panels, and being involved with different conferences. Uh, I did some of those last year. I'm definitely looking for more opportunities uh, in the coming year and month. And lastly, I think uh, I was, I'm pretty active as well as a local guide on uh, Google Maps, uh, where I have, I think I'm approaching 16 million views on my photos, and I was invited, I was the only delegate from the UAE last year to attend the Local Guide Summit, which took place in San Francisco uh, in October, and I got to meet people. We had 150 delegates from... A lot of countries. <laughs> I can't remember the exact number, uh, but it was a really amazing experience. So, Courtney, tell us. So, after growing up in Atlanta, Georgia, in the USA, uh, what drew you to the Middle East, and what about it has kept you there? Um, so, I actually, after graduating in the University of Georgia, I moved uh, to the West Coast with my husband to Los Angeles. And then we went on a trip to Singapore, and we met friends' uh, parents, and they said, we're moving to Dubai, uh, and they were longtime <laughs> expats as well. And we didn't really know where it was. We didn't know anything about it. But the main thing was we were jealous that our friend's parents were living this, like, amazing life. So my husband, who's a landscape architect, uh, applied to a few jobs, and this was Dubai in 2007 when everything was really kicking off. And we thought, oh, we'll try it for, you know, a year or two, and now we're in year 13 and um, we've lived in Doha, we've lived in Abu Dhabi, uh, but mostly we've lived in, in Dubai, and we really love it here. Wow. Very, very cool. I myself am very jealous whenever I hear people moving abroad. <laughs> That's amazing. So uh, what made you want to become a food writer? Well, um, I actually went to, um, of all places, I went to Noma, um, when Noma was the number one restaurant in the world. So this was like 2012, 2013. And I was on a trip to Copenhagen because one of the things about being an expat is that you can just have these easy kind of uh, trips. So we applied kind of late and last minute, but we got a table. And I remember going in and thinking, I, I'm not good enough for this restaurant. I didn't think that fine dining was something that I could do. And then when we walked away from the experience, it was so not pretentious. They were so welcoming. And I thought, you know, everybody should be able to feel this way about fine dining. So Ada Zatar has always been a place where I talk about food and I talk about fine dining, but in a way that I hope at least makes food accessible and makes fine dining accessible. And 
really ask questions like, is it worth the money? And would I go back? And I think you kind of, you can put fine dining on a pedestal, but then you need to take a moment and say, you know, this should be for everyone. Food is, is something that sustains us. And um, so that's where Adizatar kind of got its start. Wow. Well, what would you say is the toughest part of your job? Um, I think it's that a lot of people don't understand how much goes into what I do. So that uh, things like a blog post might take, you know, a day or two or three to kind of edit and getting through that and, you know, getting the words together, editing it, checking it, editing photos. Uh, people just think, oh, you get to eat for free. And it's so much more than that. It's, I have invitations at all times, but what is good for me as a brand? What do I want to be associated with? Which chefs are doing things that I think are interesting or notable? So, for example, last night I was invited to a collaboration dinner between uh, one of my favorite Dubai chefs and a Bahraini woman chef. And the restaurant is one that always supports local sourcing whenever possible. And that's the kind of thing that I want to go to. Where I have a whole bunch of invites, I got to decide, you know, which is best for me. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. So, Courtney, I know you're working on a lot of things. So it's, whether it's a television show, a podcast, you're writing another novel or something along those lines. I'm curious, what does Perlu do to contribute to your success? So what I like about it is um, as a platform, it's very, very user-friendly. And I have seen in my time many a platform kind of come and go where it, it tried to connect people from all over. But Perlu's been more successful than anyone because the level of people that are on the platform are very high quality. They're people that I want to work with. They're asking for requests that are of an interest to me. So whenever I see a notification in my inbox pop up, I'm always clicking on that because I always think, oh, what's this person doing and what's that person doing? Um, and I think that more so than just about any other place I've been, I can see the longevity in this site because it's attracted such a kind of like-minded crowd, as it were. You know, I can log in, I can see what's going on, I can reach out, although I haven't done that yet. I need to kind of figure out which sort of post I want to do, but I love it for, for all those reasons. Wonderful. That's great to hear. So what advice would you give to a blogger who is just starting out? Um, I was having this conversation last night, actually, and I think the, the biggest thing that you can do if you're just starting out is to be consistent. You don't have to be an amazing writer or photographer. You just need to be in a place where you consistently write or post or create content in some way. So you need to be able to be a resource that people can go, oh, yeah, this person is week in, week out reporting about something. And I think through that, like even in my own on, on Ada's Atar, I've blog posts from the beginning, what they started in 2016 to what they are now are, are very different. Uh, and I think that's for the best. And I think it's okay to evolve. But I think, yeah, if you're just starting out, go ahead and make a plan to have a content calendar, put that together, and then stick to it. Because if you don't stick to it, I think it's really easy to make excuses. I say that, of course, procrastinating with a blog post that I've been trying to post for three days. <laughs> uh, but uh, it does, I mean, real life does get in the way. Uh, I do know, like, for example, of course, I'm going to post every day on Instagram at a minimum. Uh, and then I, I try and supplement that with anything from Pinterest to Google Maps to TripAdvisor. You know, there's a lot of places you can put your content and, and kind of deciding where to focus that. And you could find a niche, you know, you could find a niche for yourself. Very cool. Yeah. And your Instagram is beautiful. I was doing some creeping. 
So I'm going to skip ahead and just ask you, so what is your favorite food, Courtney? So my favorite food, and I think about this question a lot, but I'm, <laughs> I'm like, I could eat sushi at any time of day, any day of the week, every day of the week. So even now, it's five o'clock-ish, my time. And I'm thinking I have a number of favorite sushi places in the city, but uh, Sushi Art is my favorite delivery. So it would be salmon sashimi, which I know is kind of like a very basic thing, but it's just, I'm never not interested to see maybe an omakase menu, um, you know, where they make just kind of different creations or just your, uh, you know, a typical bento box. Like I'm there for that. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great choice. Sushi is awesome. What has been one of your favorite experiences as an influencer? Um, As an influencer, I think it's uh, access to, to people and places that you know, I would never really think or maybe even afford to go to. And I've, I was fortunate enough twice to travel now to the Maldives as uh, an influencer or as somebody who's, you know, creating content for other sources. And the, this one place I went, when I, I was there with another influencer friend, and we were kind of doing the math to figure out what that, the cost of that trip would have been. And it was it was absolutely outrageous. And it's just like, you know, I would never spend this kind of money on, on this thing, but I'm sure that there are people out there who would. So it's kind of that. And, and also in Dubai, we have a lot of celebrity chefs and I've got to meet some of the, really some of the best chefs in the world uh, just by kind of getting to the place that I have of being a respected food writer. So it's, you know, I find that I'm, I'm constantly flattered that I'm invited to meet and speak with uh, and be in the know, as it were, like just to be able to watch out some of the best chefs in the city. It's like, what life is this? I don't really understand. (laughs) (laughs) So tell me, just tell me a little bit about the projects that you're working on right now. I feel like you're doing a lot all of the time. I am. I wish more of it was getting paid. But anyway, I'm (laughs) I'm constantly a freelance writer. So I just placed uh, an article this week with like Curiosity Magazine, which was my first for them. Um, As an author, I'm involved for the first time with the Emirates Airlines Festival of Literature, which for me, it was a goal for 10 years, and I'm I'm so honored to be invited to be one of the authors this year, and so that'll be in March. Um, I'm on the radio every other week with Dubai Eye 103.8, which is our big talk radio station here, and uh, that was another thing that kind of came up late last year to be invited to be the food person was, I love obviously talking, uh, and it's fun to kind of connect with people on a different medium. And then, so I'm always reviewing still and going out, and then volunteering, and then working on a book or two. <laughs> and uh, my other project I'm trying to launch this year, um, I'm calling it CSR of One, which is Corporate Service Responsibility. I think in kind of 2019 land, uh, we all have these individual platforms. And I'd really like to see people do more on an individual level for others. So for example, even though you might see a lot of food online every now and then, you're going to see dogs as well, because canine friends is something that I'm very passionate about. Mm -hmm. And so what I'm asking is just people will post once a month, something that might not have to do with them, something that would have to do with, with anything that you're interested in. So even if you're a travel influencer or you know, a fashion person, whatever, there might be something adjacent to the kind of career that you're in that you can support. So even if it doesn't 
the engagement isn't good and it doesn't look right in your feed and all of this sort of thing. I want people to kind of forget that and to kind of do something for someone else. Wonderful. Yeah, that's the podcast I'm working on. So, for example, some of the guests I've been able to get and um, some chef friends that are starting a school in Zanzibar. Uh, there's this woman who's a travel, like, not a travel agent, but she puts together boutique kind of travel. And she's doing this amazing NGO work in Pakistan. And there's all these people in the community that are just like local people doing their thing. And then they've got this other side that is just like doing something that's life changing. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'm trying to kind of get those stories out there. That must be one of the best parts about your job is getting. All yeah. Great yeah. Stories. It's well, I started it. I got the idea for it and I was lucky to connect with uh, a producer who does a uh, podcast. And uh, so he and I have been interviewing people and hopefully we'll get the series started in March. How exciting. <laughs> it's funny because it's really nice weather here because like half the year it's really not really, really warm here. Um, so I don't even have this. this my first travel of 2019 isn't going to be until I think um, April. I've, I've got a trip booked in the Seychelles, which I'm very excited by. Although I, I actually, you know, I have to run home to the States. For ex- hashtag expat problems, I need <laughs> my driver's license. <laughs> so my, that's like a big pain that I was supposed to deal with last year. And now my parents are excited, but I still have to go to the DMV like everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how funny. Yeah. So you have to renew your license in the U.S. and then you'll use your U.S. license in Dubai. Is that how that works? No, I have, um, I've had a UAE license since 2007. So sometimes it depends on the country you live in. But uh, for example, uh, in the UAE, if you have a US driver's license, it does, I think, as of 10 years ago, or five years ago, it, it like, you don't have to take a test, you just have to pay a fee. So you have to kind of get something translated. And then you just you get it, it just translates over, you don't have to do it. So certain countries, you'd have to like, go and take a test and do all this stuff. But with the U.S., you just, it's like automatic. You have to take an eye test. That's what you have to do. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so it, it varies. It varies in different countries. In, in Doha, for example, when I was living in Qatar, it didn't translate, but my UAE license translated. So all my U.S. colleagues had to take the driving test, but I didn't have to because I had a UAE license. Oh, Okay. Yeah, all these little things that, that you wouldn't, you know, know about or know to question. We had a really good person who uh, was working at Georgetown in Doha, and uh, there was just a guy whose job it was to help people take care of those sorts of things. Very cool. Wow. <laughs> so remind me how long you've been living in the Middle East. So we moved um, in fall 2007 uh, to Dubai, and then in... November 2011, we moved up to Doha, and we were there for two years, and we moved to Abu Dhabi in January 2014, and then we moved back to Dubai in 2016. Yeah, that all <laughs> Yeah, so we've been fortunate to make friends to go and come back, because um, everything's quite close here. So um, our best friends, for example, they happen to be American. We lived just above them in Doha. Then we moved to Abu Dhabi, they moved to Dubai, then we moved to Dubai, and now we live really close to each other, and we get to see each other all the time, and yeah, they're a big, we travel with them every year, they're just, they're awesome. Very cool. 
Well, so I I want to speak a little bit about the contrast between moving from Atlanta, Georgia, all the way to the Middle East and the difference in cuisine and all of that. Could you speak to that a little bit? Sure. I think it's funny because thinking back to my 20s and not and just not having any money, um, I feel kind of really like I didn't do myself a service because LA is, is home to so many cultures and so much kind of, you know, all, like all this kind of food. Um, and I didn't take advantage of that. And I really should have, you know, like, yes, I look like at local restaurants, but mostly I was like a chain restaurant person, but just, I wasn't living to my fullest foodie potential, let's say in LA. Um, and now, you know, it's just regular. We're absolutely spoiled here. So last night was, Mediterranean. I had Italian at this beach resort I was at on Monday night, and it all kind of blurs together. Uh, but no, it's, it's. I think one of my favorite stories here is so you take the humble hamburger, and I have been fortunate enough to, to really connect with this restaurant. It's got five seats, and it's a burger joint, and it's called High Joint. And um, the owner is local, so he's Emirati. And he worked on this recipe for this burger for years and years and years. And it's absolutely delicious. And it's the best burger in Dubai, like hands down. But you go into this tiny, tiny restaurant and it's kind of like in this, not, I'm not going to say back alley, but it's in, a, it's in the location you wouldn't expect it to be. But I kind of like how the burger translates across everything, right? Because everyone knows what a burger is. Um, and for people who don't eat, beef that's fine they have a chicken burger which is just as good because i've eaten the whole menu and i would know um, and now we have this kind of relationship where they did a limited edition run last wednesday and thursday and they literally had a car bring me the burgers so i could try because i'm out of their delivery zone um, and it's just kind of like this you know like we then we were chatting about okay i would add a pickle and i would do this and whatever um, but i think you know for for any kind of cuisine and um, here we pretty much have it. Uh, there's literally not one I can think of that doesn't have some representation somewhere in the city. And it goes from high end to low end. So if you want um, Indian, for example, obviously you can get, uh, you know, an amazing um, tali uh, for very cheap. Or you can have one of the coolest places. It's called Tresman Studio. It's 20, 20 seats and it's 16 courses. And it's on the level of global fine dining. And it's this really, really amazing experience. Um, so, you know, you can you can go from the really, you know, humble to the very high end um, and everything in between. Wow. Very cool. It's so almost how... difficult to decide where to go. Yeah. <laughs> <Sometimes>. <laughs> how do you decide? How do you find these new places? Well, I'm now fortunate to... Like I have, a, I have a very good working relationship with a number of PR companies, um, and also I just know a lot of chefs and stuff. So when things are happening, I just get invited ahead of time. And especially because having radio access and having my twenty thousand followers or whatever, it's not a huge number, but you know, it's enough that people are at least like, oh, you know, this is going to connect with people. That I just, yeah, and I try and stay in touch with people who are maybe a caterer, Middle East magazine, for example, or different magazines to see when kind of things are opening. Uh, but more often than not, and as a suggestion, I think it's fine for content creators to 
approach directly. Um, some of my best relationships have always been when I go directly to a place rather than go through a PR person. Mm-hmm. Well, great. That, that sounds really valuable to have those kinds of connections. And that sounds like a dream job to just get to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I wish budgets were. I wish budgets were a little bit more here is all. That's all. They're they're really tightly squeezed right now and and I know that. So it it is lovely to have, to dine out and stuff, but I would like to see a little more of a budget over here. <laughs> so I have to ask, um, because you have done a fair share of traveling. Where is your favorite place to visit? So I have two. I'm going to kind of cheat. Uh, I would spend my time, if I could, between here, Amsterdam, and Cape Town. Um, Amsterdam, I just love because we go, we've been here 13 years. I think we've been seven or eight times. Uh, We always try and break up the flight back to the States uh, via Schiphol. So we just go to Amsterdam. The culture, the food, it's just, it's, Sometimes it can really be the antithesis to Dubai, but in all the best ways. Um, and it's not that Dubai doesn't offer those sorts of things, but Amsterdam is just like the complete opposite. Um, and then Cape Town, um, we have a number of South African friends here. And not only does the dollar or the Durham go very strong against the Rand, but like the natural beauty and their approach to kind of produce and, and wine and everything there. I wish it's eight, it's an eight hour flight from here and they're only like one time zone off from us. If it was like five hours, I think we'd be there like all the time, basically. <laughs> well, that's wonderful. Um, thank you so much for speaking with us today. It's been a real treat. It's, it's my pleasure. I'm, I hope people, you know, reach out to either contact me on the Probu platform, um, which of course I'm, I'm, trying to be more active on, but I'm definitely always monitoring it. Or I'm A to Zatar, uh, Z-A-A-T-A-R on pretty much everything. So you can find me in one of those two places. Wonderful. Awesome. Thank you so much. Take care.